Welcome back to the Spoonful of Sugar podcast in partnership with Farmerica. Today's episode will address a critical topic in long-term care today, psychotropic drug stewardship. I'm John O'Connor from McKnight's, and I'll be co-hosting with TJ Griffin, RPH, who is the Senior Vice President of Long-Term Care Operations and Chief Pharmacy Officer for Farmerica. episode, we try to address important matters facing the industry today, but we also like to add a spoonful of sugar, which, as we all know, can help the medicine go down. Now, TJ, before we get started, I have two critical questions for you. Uh, One is, did you catch the big game? And two, if so, did you find the contest or the commercials more entertaining? Well, uh, John, it's great to be back. And yes, uh, we're taping this the day after the Super Bowl. So everyone is probably uh, running around a little slow today, but it was a was a great game. I was rooting for the Eagles, so it came up a little short. But as far as the commercials go, I mean, if you didn't tear up during the Farmer's Dog commercial, then you just have never, <laughs> never watched uh, a sad movie. You know, Bambi probably mm-hmm. doesn't make you cry. That was an awesome uh, commercial. And you know, there was another commercial about our Illinois farm families as well. And one of the one of the farmers that was in that commercial uh, was in the town just over from where I grew up. So that was kind of cool to see, too. But boy, that dog commercial. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It it, it was it, it hits you where you sit, as they say. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Very, very good. And um, I don't know if you watched the halftime show, but I don't think uh, that outfit Rihanna was wearing was off the rack. That looked a little unique. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we'll find that in the stores anytime soon. I don't think so. I mean, she can go straight to Mardi Gras, I think, with that, with that exactly outfit. Right. It was, it was, It was stunning. Amazing. Yep. So are you ready for the main event? Sure, let's do it. All right. Well, TJ, uh, whoever said ignorance is bliss uh, clearly was not a nursing home provider. Uh, and it's uh, getting clearer that operators really need to pay attention to antipsychotic use in their facilities or pay a hefty price. The Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services recently announced that it will conduct targeted audit audits to determine whether nursing homes are accurately assessing and coding individuals with a schizophrenia diagnosis. In addition, CMS said it plans to begin publicly displaying survey citations the facilities are disputing on care compare. Now, currently, when a facility disputes uh, such a deficiency, uh, it's not posted to care compare until the dispute process is complete. Now, this matter has sort of been brewing for a while. Uh, Last November, uh, CMS agreed to increase its oversight of the use of psychotropic drugs uh, following a critical report from the Health and Human Services Inspector General's office. The investigation alleged that uh, CMS needs to pay closer attention to certain psychotic drugs, including anticonvulsants, which are often uh, prescribed to epileptics. So, TJ, what's your uh, general reaction to these developments? Well, it's certainly uh, uh, news that our operators can't uh, afford to ignore. But, you know, with proper intervention, proper education, and just really understanding better the patients that we serve, the patients that are coming in and uh, creating an interdisciplinary approach to, you know, psychotropic drug use. I think we can, we can safely, uh, you know, help our operators get through this. And uh, at the risk of sounding like Captain Obvious here, uh, could you please tell us a bit about why psychotropic drugs are prescribed in long-term care facilities? 
Well, psychotropic drugs are, are prescribed, uh, you know, in long-term care facilities, in in the home environment, they're, they're just generally used. And, you know, it's just important that we understand how and why. So typically they're prescribed because somebody comes comes into the facility with them. So they are prescribed as you, you know you'd want and expect uh, based on the indication that they were studied and approved for. So it's really about understanding um, at admission what's going on with the patient, whether that, what was it, an indication for uh, an acute condition that's expected to resolve? Is it indicated for uh, delirium? Is it indicated for dementia? Really understanding the, the at admission, uh, what the indication is for can really help you get, get through the, you know, through the beginning of the process of understanding why they're on a psychotropic. Mm-hmm. Makes, makes good sense. And according to the ATC classification, uh, psychotropic drugs are generally considered to belong to only one of five classes, and I'll try to pronounce them without screwing them up. <laughs> uh, antipsychotics, antidepressants, uh, is it anxiolytics? Anxiolytics. Anxiolytics. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Hypnotics and mood stabilizers. Uh, are you finding that antipsychotics are among the most prescribed here? Well, let's just talk a little bit about each one of them. An antipsychotic, uh, given at its lowest dose, is managing targeted behaviors like auditory hallucinations in residents with schizophrenia. Uh, antidepressants, obviously, when properly titrated, help the elderly widow manage depression that accompanies bereavement and maybe end-of-life concerns. And mood stabilizers are generally dosed to help residents, you know, sometimes with bipolar uh, disorder. But as referenced in the OIG report, there is obviously this ongoing concern that nursing home residents may receive uh, these these psychotropics inappropriately, either uh, psychotropics being initiated or continue gratuitously or given uh, to suppress behaviors um, as means of, of chemical restraints. But there has been an interesting phenomenon that we've seen in the last decade really to respond to antipsychotic overuse across across the industry. Um, if you, you, you talked earlier about how, how long we've been talking about this, it was really back in 2011 that the OIG raised concerns specifically about the high use of antipsychotics in nursing homes. And um, you know, the regulatory landscape that we've operated in since is one established with good intentions to curb inappropriate antipsychotic use through heightened uh, focus, but um, unintended outcomes have resulted because overall psychotropic use has actually re- remained relatively consistent and constant with, believe it or not, four out of five long-stay nursing home residents receive some form of psychotropic therapy. Um, so what we saw was a compensatory shift from antipsychotic use to another in the psychotropic category that's used off-label with psychotropic intent, which is anticonvulsants. Um, so if you think about 80% of the residents um, are on all psychotropic meds, uh, back in 2011, you had about 30 to 35% of folks on antipsychotics. That's drifted down to... Uh, you know, less than 20%. Um, but you've seen the rise in anticonvulsants from the high 20s to almost 40%. So obviously, antipsychotics are still a class that warrant clinical attention, uh, considering their profound side effect profile. But uh, we also have to recognize the increased prevalence of these other agents. Very, very good. Well, wow, great answer. So, um, we kind of set the table here a little bit. So what should nursing home, nursing homes, nursing facilities uh, be doing here 
to kind of stay in the good graces of CMS and, and of course, ensure that optimal care is delivered? Yeah. So it's the result really of all of this is an expectation that uh, post-acute providers deliver, you know, physical and behavioral health care that's specific to each patient's needs. And so it's ensuring the optimal resident care is delivered that should really be our priority. The regulations were constructed with outcomes in mind. So we encourage our long-term care partners to concentrate really efforts uh, on, you know, what outcome are you looking to achieve? That means reviewing your operating practices to drive your facility's psychotropic use, really in a way that prioritizes the resident's well-being from prescribing practices to standards for monitoring symptoms, tracking behaviors, and documenting everything, you know, and align your facility with the best standards of practice that explicit uh, guidance that CMS offers, for example, having good processes around gradual dose reduction, um, you know, that will solidify really your, your, your place in the good graces of CMS, as you put it. Indeed. And it's, it's always a challenge. <laughs> it's a challenge for sure. Very good. So uh, let's talk a bit about uh, psychotropic stewardship. Uh, which is kind of the whole point of this podcast. Um, uh, can you tell us a little bit about what it is and how operators can work with their pharmacy partners to ensure the best possible care for residents? Absolutely. You know, stewardship in the context of medication management is really kind of an umbrella term we use to refer to any number of strategies aimed at reducing inappropriate use and optimizing medication health outcomes. Stewardship programs, of course, will vary by healthcare setting and the drug classes being focused on. Um, in our case, looking at psychotropic stewardship in long-term care, the goal is to promote judicious use of psychotropic medications and reduce instances of inappropriate use, really to provide residents their highest level of care. So how do you work with your pharmacy partners to meet this goal? Well, the good news is there's lots of opportunities that are already available through those partnerships that already exist. It's really about tapping into the resources that are available, constructing facility-specific programs um, that really have to start with leveraging the leadership. But um, you, you can't really build this from the bottom up. We have to get buy-in from the leadership at the start, and that's by defining the purpose and rules and responsibilities among the leaders and the staff, and then leveraging the expertise that's provided by your consultant. Just as an example, uh, pharmacists can engage ahead of time with staff before the behavior meetings to review select residents' medical documentation for lapses or errors that would open a facility to survey risk. Um, they can help uh, create psychotropic timeouts to proactively assess a resident's medications to review and confirm those appropriateness and optimization of the, of the psychotropic regimen. Um, and for sure, they need to involve themselves in the interdisciplinary meetings for input on the gradual dose reduction opportunities, just, just to name a few. But ultimately, the, the program is to create a facility-specific uh, model with the consultant pharmacist is just one piece of the puzzle. Um, but again, that leadership buy-in is so important from the medical directors and directors of nursing directly involved to really help support that stewardship effort. Very much like they've been doing, you know, for the last few years on antibiotic stewardship. So, you know, the appropriate use of antibiotics, much is the same as we've, we've created our, our psychotropic stewardship to really help our, our clients through this difficult journey. I couldn't agree more with your, your point about it. It can't be a bottom-up thing. You, you have to have the leadership involved in this. That, you know, that's really the, 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 
the key to any good program is making sure that everyone is prepared, that uh, the leadership uh, makes it a priority um, before survey makes it a priority. So you understand going in that this is important and have a goal and have a good team approach and an evidence-based approach, um, you'll get through this just fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As, as somebody once told me, it's it's a lot easier to get your house in order than to have somebody else do it for you. Oh, yeah. And there's there's so many tools out there that facilities can tap into, um, you know, whether it's the, you know, AMDA and the drive to de-prescribe. Um, there's a great program out of Iowa called Iowa Adapt. It's a really good training program that folks uh, can can tap into uh, specific to uh, improvements in dementia care. Uh, then, you, of course, you have uh, Project Pause, which is a great uh, collaboration between the Alliance uh, for Aging Research um, and uh, American Society of Consultant Pharmacists. But it's really a broad-based uh, or uh, group that's been put together that's just really, uh, really focused on this effort, not only to educate facilities and how they handle things, but to educate um, the legislature, educate the public uh, really about the appropriate use and the clinical use of, of uh, you know, uh, medicines for, for dementia care specifically. But it's a great, great uh, thing. I encourage folks to look up Project Pause. They'll find a lot of resources. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great, great suggestions there. So, so TJ, can you kind of walk us through how uh, your organization uh, plays a partnership role here with providers? Yeah, it's really our goal is to help set up that that facility based program. What works best for the facility really starts with a partnership with the leadership that we talked about. Um, uh, interim medic medication regimen reviews are another example of our commitment to support our facilities uh, to help manage psychotropic use. Uh, a resident's change of condition prompts outreach to, to the consultant pharmacist who can step in and review the medical records and the notes, both from nursing and PTOT, uh, to help determine if the clinical deterioration is due to medication or if altering a psychotropic medication really is warranted. It's really about creating that that program that's facility-based through education, sharing industry and regulatory information, uh, and really responding with changes in the clinical support structure of of the facility. Very good. And uh, do you have any additional advice you'd like to share? You know, like I was talking uh, talking about, I think this really offers um, facilities a chance to really look at this from a new perspective. Um, But if you think about the, the key areas Take a fresh look at your admissions. Um, ensure that any psychotropic drug use is justified, that has, uh, again, that there is a reason for it. Um, another key principle is understanding that gradual dose reduction and that um, your pharmacist is there to help you. You know, a lot of times those gradual dose reductions can be just dismissed out of hand, and um, you really have to understand understand those Um, Limiting the use of as-needed PRN medications, I think, is also a really important part of the process. And, um, you know, just overall education uh, of the staff and uh, really partnering with the pharmacy, you know, as much as you can. I think that's just really, really important. But it all starts with leadership. It all starts with a dedication to creating an environment uh, where psychotropic drugs are used appropriately. 
Um, and your pharmacist uh, can play a key role in that. I think that's just really, really important to understand that much as we have been through antibiotic stewardship, through the pandemic, we can be your partner on this as well and are happy to do it. Terrific. TJ, thank you uh, so much for those great insights. Well, um, spring training is about to commence and uh, hope always springs eternal for us baseball fans. Uh, do you think your Cubs are going to have a better year in 2023? Gosh, I mean, they made a lot of changes. I don't know if they made any that were, you know, World Series type of changes, but we'll see. You know, again, as any good Cub fan is, is, uh, you know, let's play two. Let's play two. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe even win one, right? Mm-hmm. True. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Uh, so before we go, any, any parting thoughts, TJ? Just, uh, again, I really uh, appreciate the time that we've spent together. Um, I know that the term psychotropic drug can be scary. It doesn't have to be scary. Uh, you know, literally, uh, if, you know, the definition of a psychotropic drug is any drug that affects brain activity. So that's like almost everything, right? So it's not really a scary term, but your pharmacist is there to help. And we're happy to be part of the team and really help create those good outcomes that we need. Great. Uh, now, before we sign off, uh, a special thanks to Pharmerica, whose generous support made this presentation possible. To learn more about ways Pharmerica can deliver world-class pharmacy services to your organization, we invite you to visit them online at Pharmerica.com. Along with T.J. Griffin, this is John O'Connor, wishing you health and happiness. Thank you. Take care.